Dang, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> was that was that live? Oh yeah. Oh my god! I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> you can't get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, it's quick dry. Just kidding. <laughs> the replacement is here. <laughs> okay. I'll let you do the introduction. <laughs> I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know how to follow that. We'll just we'll just dive right into the content. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say it for the uh, for the audio, you know, and splice it up. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, welcome back to the Sloppy Lab. Uh, this is episode number twenty three of Bottom of the Beaker, and I am uh, not here with Quick Draw this evening. So you're gonna have to wait another week, one more week, for a very witty Quick Draw intro. Instead, I have the man with the fidgety paper. <laughs> That's right. It's fast draw. Welcome. It's, it's a pleasure to be back. <laughs> oh, my God. The man Indeed. who has no idea how to stream. <laughs> it's your, it's your hey, lovely man. brother. Sloppy is on brand, you know. Hey, it's when we start true. taking ourselves too seriously that you got to watch out. Um, That's <laughs> That's fair. That's I mean, fair. I guess I am taking myself slightly seriously. I am wearing a team shirt now to to our first my I guess the streaming event. So slightly mm-hmm. serious. You slightly know? serious. Yeah, you are looking very sharp in your sloppy lab work tee. I am. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. wearing my, uh, my Stegosaurus <laughs> sweater. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> it's very colorful, yep. Justin. Very festive. Yeah. I like it. Oh, and we're getting a uh, getting a plug from. Data Forge, Zach in the comments. Hey, Zach, welcome, welcome. Saying that we should have a spinoff with just the Russell Brothers, the (laughs) comedic relief. (laughs) Hey, hey, if the crowd wants it, we can do it. (laughs) I actually just just set up my my showdown with Zach for Thursday, so I'll see you Thursday night, Zach. That promises to be quite a match. This is for, oh, this is for NKFL Gold. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, big match. Big match coming up. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm shaking. (laughs) <laughs> we, may, we may are we gonna oh, we, we may get some uh we may get some some tips for one of your decks i don't know if that's actually in your lineup or not uh well, it, it's not it's not but uh but, but zock is familiar with this one i played it in the last season or i guess i shouldn't have played it there was, there was some there was some there was some weird thing that went on with that spreadsheet i still still kind of talk with sizox about that <laughs> Well, but, that's exactly uh, where I was going. It's like, it's not on the list, but is that, does that mean we're not playing? <laughs> and you never know when it comes to me. So I guess I'll just save my surprise for Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on, right Man. on. It almost got me banned from the, from the KFL, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, funny, um, funny. Yeah, funny. Sad. Good times. How was the NKFL going for you so far? It's pretty good. I had my, my rematch with Zeramis. He was a worthy adversary, but uh, I took one off him this time. So that's, oh, uh, Just one? Well, two out of three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he, he's a remarkable guy. So actually, what, this is what I love about Zeramis. He will play. Our match on NKFL, but we'll do it over the live chat. So we'll hop on the ser- on the NKFL server. We'll just talk to each other while we're playing. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of comedy, a little bit of like assault being thrown back and forth. But it was uh, mm-hmm. it was a good match. So I think uh, 
he's just a lovely, lovely person to play with. So it's nice. quite, quite a pleasure to play with him. Yeah. And it's nice. nice to be back up in gold, you know, working my way up to diamond. I think that's what's higher than the gold, but I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to get my way up there. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't know much about that. You have to ask uh, some of our other teammates if you want direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, <laughs> we're just funneling around. <laughs> yeah, we had our um, we had our secondary market episode yesterday. Uh, and again, again, shout out to, to Joe from ABR and Second Act. Uh, I guess I should say second act of uh, Team Weekend, but also writing for Time Shapers uh, on. Mm. And I forgot to mention, I don't know how I didn't come to it, but um, uh, by, you know, uh, as a, as way of an NKFL update too, we have a team member in gold who is only for, no, not in gold, excuse me, in diamond, who is only including for the first time this season, a secondary market purchase. So up until this point, not since oh, really? Played, only decks she's opened. Wow. And yeah, and it's not like, you know, like, okay, I could say that, but I've got opened a thousand decks, you know, um, she's had like, you know, a small fraction of that opened and it's still kind of like crushing it. So yeah, spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is, an, she's an incredible, incredible <laughs> player, but I, I've converted that dark side long ago. I think I was <laughs> buying decks off of eBay before there was decks of key for it. <laughs> So, <laughs> no remorse. <laughs> no remorse. The ship but, sailed. Um, yeah. yeah, the ship sailed a long time ago. But um, mm-hmm. but to be fair, my favorite decks that I like to play with are decks that I've opened. It's just uh, something special about those ones, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, I bet if you plotted, like, games played versus dollars spent, there'd be this spike on, like, the $10 range of it's like, well, yeah, because I opened it, and it's, like, the most plays. And then there's the, like, the big big gap and then yeah you see the another yeah. maybe, maybe another spike on dollar spent but games played is still probably not quite as high i don't know where i was yeah. going that but point being yeah most of my my games are with decks that i've opened yeah yeah exactly i think that i don't know i feel like yeah it's just i feel like if you when you buy something you kind of know the lines and so you know where you want to play it and you know why you want to play it but for decks you open it feels more of like an exploration especially if you open it sealed and you're just playing it for the first time it feels more like you're getting to fill out the lines. You're getting to discover the self deck for yourself. You having to like look at the desk list, plotted all your matches in your mind, and say, "Okay, this is a worthy purchase." You haven't just or like run testing grinds just before you purchase it. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that um, yeah, I think for that for that sake, I think I really I feel I'm finding the decks that I've opened are just slightly more special to me. Yeah, mm. and we have one other teammate shout out that we've been kind of slow rolling. Um, we gave. We gave him a chance to uh, make his own announcement and did. So now we get to make an announcement as well. But um, I don't think we, we officially plugged this last time. If I am. Which one is it? It's uh, A-Hawk? No, no, B-Hawk. A-Hawk was... Oh, <laughs> what happened to A-Hawk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they... A-Hawk turned us down, so we're on B-Hawk oh, here. That's... Gosh, we got B-Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... well, you know why B-Hawk joined, right? Oh, because he crushed me. <laughs> no, no what, what, just, he, what he? Because he couldn't get his matches scheduled with you, and you're like, well, <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. He had to join. He had to join our server so he could get our ABR game. <laughs> oh, I was ducking him for so long. He finally cornered me to play that alliance match. What a what a what a crapshoot! <laughs> oh my god. Got um, smoked. Got he smoked. got smoked badly. Badly at that. I played mm-hmm. the janky double mesh Martian generosity nonsense too. Mm-hmm. Oof. But hey, that's how it goes. 
Right on. Well, we do. We'll say the official welcome for Beehawk. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess folks, folks aren't. I don't know. We don't really talk about it much, but every teammate that we've added has been like by unanimous vote from the folks who are already there. So like Beehawk, I guess, has the distinction of uh, knowing that everybody else uh, at least feels good about him being on the team. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they like me. Maybe they don't. But. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. Hey, man, yeah. I, got, I, just, I got the invite because of family relations. So, hey, I'll, I'll take so, what I can get. So you're suspect too, but I don't know. My yeah, plan is always... very suspect. Actually, I think they, with the, yeah, they probably yeah. thought I was an alternate account for you, to be honest. That's how I got in. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, my, my plan is always surround myself with better players. So it's still on track. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> still on track. Uh, yeah. But we are getting uh, we're getting far afield of our topic topic here. Um, oh, so we'll true. see. Okay, we'll see if we we'll see if we get to both. Maybe we'll end up saving one of these or not. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, we are going to be talking some more double sided artifacts, and we have some spicy ones indeed. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. one one I would say is spicy, uh, contentious, and one is probably uh, an artifact that flies a bit under the radar and is yep. noteworthy in that respect. Um, yeah. So we are going to be talking about Quixel Stone and Peace Accord. That's Quixel right. Stone and Peace Accord. Turns yeah. out everyone's been sleeping on on Quixel Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew this was so good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Quixel Stone market's going to really pick up tomorrow. <laughs> once yeah. Is, yeah, it's just such a powerful artifact. Yeah, come on, nobody knew this. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, let's let's let's, let's hit Quixel Stone first, and uh, sure. let's get the uh, the obligatory low hanging fruit out of the way. Um, uh, I mean, so I'll put this to you, right? Like, what are you what are you looking for when you 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 crack open a deck, you see it's got Quixel Stone in it? You're like, oh, I, I really hope it's got X Y Z. Like, what are you what are you thinking? Yeah, I want lots of raw amber. I want mm-hmm. low number of creatures, and most importantly, I want auto encoder in logos (laughs) (laughs) if it has all that and if it has uh (laughs) what's what's the one guy that just sits on the field and gets you an amber if you discard logos card the uh oh you mean the novu dynamo yeah and if it has no even you know icing on the cake baby that's just so good (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah i think that that's what i look for first from top to bottom high amber low creature crown auto encoder Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about yeah, you? Absolutely. What about you, JT? No, I mean, I mean, I, I wrote down the list, but I was like, yeah, this is like almost exactly the thing. Like, few creatures, you know, lots of raw amber, you know, mostly mm-hmm. actions, you know. Mm-hmm. And in terms of cards that you want to see, like auto encoders, right there at the top of the list. Transporter yeah. platform can be really yep. cool too. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, this is stuff that like you probably ninety nine percent of the folks who you ask would say. Um, I yeah, think maybe. I think... The... No, go, go for ahead. it. Also, I was going to say, I think I'm looking for Amber Control that's not creature-related. So this would be mm-hmm. things like Look Over There or, um, yeah, anything that, yeah, any Amber Control that's not creature-based. I think it's also a premium in Quixelstone decks, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and also, you're, like, yeah. You're, like scratching, you're like scratching one level below the surface, which I really like, and foreshadowing mm-hmm. something that's coming later, too. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like you really want... Like one of the next questions you ask is like, okay, but how does this deck function if it doesn't get the stone? And then like, how do I turn the game around once I get the stone? Right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I want that Amber control 
that's not creature-based preferably. And then maybe even I want some board wipes or some ways to deal with the board, preferably also while uh, while generating amber, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. ideally, but I mean, ideally. a board wipe, a board wipe is excellent. I mean, I, I, I like red alerts cause you're hopefully, well, I don't know, maybe not seeing too much of a board, but, but gateway yeah, is red, fine. Yeah. You got red alert. You're not taking any chains. Also, like if you're digging for stone, you might not even be generating a large board. You're playing a low creature count deck just really synergizes with your game plan. I think a gateway is sort of like, yeah, last ditch effort. If you get it, that's great. Same thing with like, Zap or any of these other types of board wraps that happen that are in the sets where stone exists, that it's um they can be they can be pretty good. I think like board control in the in the form of like nature's call is also super strong, where like you're bouncing creatures to your opponent's hand and forcing them to either discard them or have to play them again. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's also also pretty strong means of board control for for Quixel deck. But yeah, absolutely, I think you definitely need a. Uh, a secondary game plan if your for primary game plan is to hail Mary Quixel into your opening hand. Yeah, absolutely. And uh I've got pulled up here uh, I've got pulled up here what I kind of consider my best Quixel deck. Um mm, that yeah. is sort of like right down the right down the fairway in terms of what you're trying to do with Quixel decks, right? So twelve creatures, uh nineteen pips. Uh, it has a Kurzap, which okay, there's there's some there's a chain there, but uh, but it does a good job of helping you catch up, effervescent principle in case they happen to rush ahead. But I mean, you've also got stuff like double sloppy lab work to uh, to get some arch- archiving, but also take advantage of the auto encoder which is in there. So it kind of has it's kind of a greatest hits track of the things that you want to see, um, you want to see with Quixel Stone accompanying Quixel Stone in these houses there's no transporter platform and there is a high upgrade count which is unfortunate um but aside mm-hmm. from that there's just a really lot of good stuff going on here um i i want to give like a shout out to the abr folks ned mike and uh and mark h who have some very spicy <laughs> decks <laughs> they too. do um yeah yeah for sure well, Although, although for cards like for upgrades, aren't those cards also strong in Quixel decks? Because you're filtering them out of your deck. Likely, you know, you can just get back to your action cards that have pips on them. So is it um, <clears throat> is it really that counterproductive in the Quixel deck, or or you don't like, or are they more or less synergize with the main with the primary game plan for a Quixel deck? Uh, so it's a little bit of a little bit of a double edged sword. I think seven is probably a little bit higher than I would like. Um, without not without a transporter platform, um, but absolutely mm. prefer these enough, upgrades yeah. with pips to more creatures. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. and the other the other deck is another teammate deck from uh, JDG. Uh, this is uh, mm. Chandra, the probably complex. It does have the transporter platform. It does have the uh, it does have a in four in four capture exile. Tons of pips. Uh, an animator. So this is more of a, this is sort of a unicorn deck, but really deserved a, uh, <laughs> this really deserved a shout out uh, just kind of for bringing the low creature count, lots of pips, doing some other stuff, doing some other things with it. That's really, really fun. Um, uh, but yeah, had to get this one in there, had to get this one in there. Um, but those two, those two in my mind are kind of, at least among the team decks that I know of, the best examples of some really, um, like prototypical good quixel stone decks when you think of the sorts of things that you want to see mm. okay mm-hmm. 
so it's a, so we've talked about I would say some of the I would say obvious cases for for Quetzalstone. What are some of the the non obvious cases for where you'd want to play Quetzalstone? Yeah, so I have a few decks kind of lined up, um, a few decks kind of lined up that I had in mind as examples of things that weren't super obvious, um, weren't super obvious uses for Quetzalstone. Um, so the first one is this deck, Prince Kleptogamer Berardi, um, and this has more creatures than you're often going to see and fewer pips. Uh, and certainly you'll see right off the bat too, the expected amber is fairly low. There's only 17. So you've got 12 pips, 17 creatures, uh, a fair number of actions, but really this deck does want to commit creatures to the board. And what I've found very often with this deck, which to be to be fair to, is sort of this this board-based uh, combo deck, right? It's uh, It's kind of trying to set up a big United Action turn which is also very mm. cool because that United Action is coming as a Maverick in Logos, but you want to play this United Action and then on your Logos turn, um, uh, hit hit the Tributes into uh, Calipigian Ideal and then uh, hit a Data Forge. Um, so it's a very, very cool combo to pull off in, uh, in a Logos turn, especially if you're able to you know, also drop a Stealth Mode, also play this Morpheus with... Um, with things like uh, Igor, Mimic Gel, uh, or Code Monkey, so you can kind of double up on your actions, um, or double up on those play effects, um, and lead into this really big double tribute, Calipigian Ideal Fueled Data Forge, which is which feels really good. Um, mm-hmm. But leading up to that, you're probably not playing the Quixel Stone, right? You're probably not playing right. it um, to kind of set that up. Uh, and what I found with this deck is that very often I'm discarding the Quixel Stone on the first pass through the deck and then playing it on the second oh. pass. Um, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you feel like the deck has enough efficiency in order to you know make it back through second cycle to get the Quixel Stone out, or do you feel like it's uh, like a tight mm-hmm. race? It it often does, especially if you're able to connect um, if you're able to connect uh, Igor with. Um, with Morpheus, so so let's say you have that Igor, uh, that Morpheus down. Igor is digging you six, and then uh, and then Mimic Shell comes down as another Igor for another six. I mean, those those can start burning through very quickly. And on a United Action turn, you know, you may not have even had to have Morpheus survive. Um, you can play Morpheus and then play Igor, Mimic Shell, Code Monkey to get back Igor and Mimic Shell, um, and you're like mm. you're really burning through the deck. Yeah. Um, and then, and that's even assuming that things aren't going so well with, you know, uh, in your magical Christmas land, you might get to, you know, activate or reap with spears once or twice. Um, right. But I found that there's just an awful lot of situations where your opponent has, um, has their only outs are sort of creature-based amber control or creature-based mm-hmm. ways to get back into the game once you've pulled ahead. Um uh, and maybe maybe that's a little bit win more. I don't know, but uh, I feel like on the second time through the deck, I, I'm pretty happy to just say like, you know what? I'll I'll just jam pips from here out. But mm-hmm. your Infernus, your Ronnie's, your Bows, your Anthony's, you know, they're just going to be blanks. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think it just brings up a really good point. Is that I think a lot of decks really rely on creatures for heavy lifting and with amber control. Coda mm-hmm. wasn't like that back in the Coda days. It was all action cards to do majority of your stealing, but now a lot of the amber control, a lot of the key cost increase, 
a lot of yeah, steel effects are all printed on creatures and Quicksil just sort of really shuts that down and it's very uh yeah it can turn a lot of decks into just mediocre you know mediocre um pool of cards at that point so exactly like inferno strategies go out the window bow recursion goes out the window so it's really then yeah it's tough it can, for a lot of decks it can be really tough to deal with mm-hmm. the cal cal fishing ideal though is this really nice icing on the cake you know especially in combined with the tribute that's mm-hmm. like if you can stack on a creature where they can't deal with it really cheeky very cheeky and, <laughs> and it makes this united action which in the maverick too like you just have to love that i'm glad uh uh, hopefully, hopefully we haven't scared away Zoc with our connection issues, but you gotta love that United Action and Logos. Um, oh yeah, just, just super cool. Um, but yeah, being able to being able to kind of jam tributes into Calipigian idea and deal and Data Forge very often leaves you with with a, a free key burning a bunch of their amber and and very likely checking for uh, for for your final one um, with kind of Quixel Stone playing cover to protect that, to safe that key, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. But that's where, that's where I see it getting played. Um, it's not as, it's not like, it's not a Quixelstone deck. You're not looking to play it and then protect, you know, hope it survives and have that, ride that out as your strategy to victory. It's, it's sort of a uh, late game finisher almost, if you will. Very, very interesting indeed. Yeah, this deck is just super strong. It has lots of also just key, I would say, su- supporting role players, stealth mode, Ludo, all these other cards that are just super, super impactful. Very interesting. Memory chip to help you set that up. Very, very cool indeed. How does the Data Forge work in this deck, JT? Is are you typically is, is, great. It, is it live? Is really well. It's great. It's great if you can if you can set up that United Action combo, right? Yeah. So, so if you can tribute tribute, then put Calipigian Ideal on that creature, and then play Data Forge. You get to use that tributed Amber. To fuel mm. the data forge, and, <laughs> and so, and oh, like, wow. not only that, but uh, but if if you have say Morpheus on board, then um, then your Igors are netting you additional cards mm-hmm. and making that data yeah. forge stronger. Yeah, I see. So, do you think this is like? Would you say this is a Quixel deck, or do you think this is a deck that is you know that has a Quixel stone like strategy built into it? So it's not like a it's not a deck that re- revolves around Quixel. Quixel sort of like fits into the overall like theme of some of what the deck wants to do. So it's more of like a, let's say a secondary strategy for this deck. I don't even know if I'd go so far as to say secondary strategy. I'd say, I'd say it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a bad control the week for your final key. You know what Ah, I mean? Okay. Okay. So you're jockeying most of the game, but this is how the deck likes to close the game out. It's definitely, it's definitely a closer you can reach for. Yeah, for okay. sure. Also, some key upgrades in here. I will note force field probably really really nice, um, especially on the creature that you want to put the Caliphasian ideal on. So just getting some extra rewards rolling around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So it's just a very very cool deck. But um, you, what was this part? Was this one of the the fire steel decks that we opened? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little, little little special place in the heart for this one too. I know we, I thought, yeah, there was a question mark. That United Action Man, though, super cool. Super, super cool. Super cool. Yeah, very fun. Love that United Action. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fact that it's uh, kind of pivotal to the, uh, the the marquee combo of the deck just kind of makes it uh, extra style points. 
Yeah, for sure. Lots of flavor, lots and lots of flavor. How how long would you say it took you to sort of figure out the ins and outs with this deck? Did you, was it obvious at first pass that this is how the deck wanted to operate, or did it take you a while to sort of, you know, to dig into it and sort of flush out this game plan? So the combo definitely jumped out at me. Um, mm. I would say the intric- intricacies and the subtleties I'm definitely still working through. Um, I didn't put it. I was on the fence putting it in my NKFL lineup this season, and I'm, mm. I'm going to check now. I'm curious. So let's see how many plays I have with this deck on TCO. If I'm able to pull up TCO, could just be that my internet's <laughs> internet's struggling at the moment. You know, we're we're professional professional streamers here, of course, so we can handle this type of stuff, JT. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> well, we'll come back to that, I suppose. But yeah, that was uh, that was Prince Klept Gamer. I had one other deck that I kind of wanted to show as a deck that utilizes Quixelstone in okay. in sort of an atypical way. Um, so if if kind of Stealth Warper, the first deck we showed, is you know basically what you'd expect from a high-end Quixel deck, um, okay. and Kleptogamer kind of uses it as a potential a potential finishing blow. Um, mm-hmm. Russell the Invisible. Uh, <laughs> likes to use the stone as sort of a, a mid-game tempo boost <laughs> and as a namesake, okay. a spicy namesake, you know? Yes, yeah. very spicy um, namesake indeed. So <clears throat> not much in the way of board control. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, not much in the way of board control. Uh, what this deck does have... Yeah, some might say the board control is invisible, Oh. <laughs> yeah, invisible is what you are once you're buried by your opponent's creatures. <laughs> That's right. They're, you don't have a playmat anymore because they're wrapped around your side. But yeah, the board control you you do you do very often fall behind on board. Um, now you do have some expected uh, amber, lots of pips um, to try and catapult you ahead. And what you can use is the stone as a way to kind of halt their progress. Um, now you're playing creatures yourself, um, but you can use it as a way to sort of make sure that they're not pulling ahead in the board race, if you will. Um, mm. okay. And very often what you're trying to do is have it sit there for a turn or two only. And then you're, you're, really, you're really likely pointing your own reclaimed or Gormaborm on it at some point. So it almost like is a way to kind of throttle the mid game from getting out of hand, mm. and, uh, and let you kind of uh, uh, not get not get far behind there. Interesting. That's sort of the decks that I like to to lean on. Is like I have a deck that uses Quixelstone in that fashion too. Um, it's uh, Shuffles the Friendly. I think you're probably familiar with this, but uses the game just to stifle stifle the mid game. Then you have a, a Gizmo to pop to help you help you close out the end game. With a nice amber burst, but I think yeah, it can be definitely very much a, te- a hit to your opponent's tempo if timed appropriately. And then you can then, you know, try to catapult yourself into the finish line on the third key. So I really, I really like that sort of utilize usage of a Quixel Stone. Yeah, and I'll I'll grant this one as a little bit of a stretch, but I was uh, hoping to have some uh, some things to show for for uses for the stone that folks might not expect, and maybe even give you uh, something to think about or, or reconsider on some of the Quixel decks that you've that you've kind of written off because of, because of a twenty one count of creatures or something, right? Like who looks at 
Quixelstone sees 21 creatures and is like, yeah, baby, give me that. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is a good point. If you could bring up Shumple's a friendly for me, this actually falls right in line with Russell the Invisible because it does exactly this. And it, instead of using a, a Gorm or a Reclaimed by Nature, we're just using Gizmo. But when you look at this deck, um, when you look at Shumple's, you do not think that your opponent's ever going to play the Quixelstone. But in fact, it is a key component to this deck. Yeah, so the reason why I like this deck a lot, it's got two Strange Gizmos, but most importantly, it has three Ronnie Wristwalks in the Kymor Eclipse. So your opponent thinks that you're going to be using creatures to control, mo to do most of the steal and controlling the Amber throughout the game. So this Quixelstone seems sort of like uh, not much of a threat. You, you most likely think yeah, your opponent's going to be discarding this card because most of my strategies on the board. But in fact, like what I'm often trying to do is trying to set up Zenzi, get him on the field, ward him, and then at some point of the game, try to pop all my artifacts, get him in the middle, and then drop Quixelstone, and then try to either get a lot of efficiency by having Zenzi as the only creature in my battle line in the center, or by popping the Quixelstone and then dropping a bunch of Ronnies for a lot for a big amber swing. So it's you know, trying to use the Quixelstone as a tempo as a tempo posture throughout the mid game to help me close out the end game. So I think that uh, it's a a really sneaky way to try to use Quixelstone. So just trying trying to get it on the field for a very for a brief period throughout the game or throughout the race. So I think uh, I really like that strategy or that utility for Quixelstone, especially with like sneaky cards that like Strange Gizmo or Gorm or Reclaimer Nature, where your opponent isn't seeing that strategy coming. I've uh, definitely seen you uh, surprise many a folk, many a person with the uh, with the quick <laughs> stack and make really yeah. good use out of the strange gizmos too, which <laughs> perhaps not a not a double sided artifact, but will deserve a deserve an episode at some point to uh, to highlight its utilization. Yeah, yeah, definitely at some point in the future. It's it's definitely one of my go to decks for adaptive because it has a lot of artifacts in there that can be quite tricky to play with or you know, try to squeeze out the most efficiency with. So I um, I really enjoy that deck a lot. Also a deck that I open, so it does one of my one of my favorites for sure. <clears throat> Well, well, little brother, it seems like we're maybe having some rough, rough connection issues here. So maybe we'll wrap up. You know, this is this is about what I expect when the Russell brothers get on a, on a live stream together. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm like uh, I don't know if I can make the fake the fake uh, uh, anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Want to give us a sign off? Well, yeah, thank you for having me on. It's Fast Draw here, and it's a pleasure to join this cast with you, JT. Right on. And uh, stay sloppy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>